Hello and welcome to The Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome everyone to the Shape of Work podcast. Today we have with us Bhavna Asrani, head HR at Lifestyle Housing. Hey hi Bhavna. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing good. Thank you. How have you been? Uh thank you so much Bhavna. Uh, I am fine. Uh thank you for joining us. So to set the base for today's conversation, I would like to ask you uh if you can introduce yourself, you can tell us a bit about yourself, your career journey till now. to our listeners sure thank you for having me on your show uh, first uh, first to tell me about myself and my career journey uh, believe it or not i was a typical housewife who had focused all her energy in running her family for quite a few years then all of a sudden while having a nap suddenly something struck me that i should make a start of my professional journey though i did not know how and when I immediately made a call to my school friend and she at once offered an opportunity to join her at work. I was in limbo since I lacked the much needed experience or the exposure in that particular industry. However, she recognized my latent potential more than I did at that time, completely unaware of how things would turn out and taking a blind leap of faith, I decided to kickstart my professional journey. I had immense support at home this coupled with my determination to explore the world far beyond the boundaries of my home fueled my journey in the professional world in time i saw how my real life experiences were teaching and guiding me far better than any book ever could it's 15 years now into this journey today i am immensely proud of my achievements which cast brighter career prospects ahead of me I am presently a part of the leadership team leading the people function at Lifestyle Housing and Infrastructure Chennai. Here I would definitely take a moment to express my gratitude to that school friend of mine Miss Meera Venkat. She is now the president of Race Global for the credit of my success that I hold today in the industry. Trust me here I would take I would like to emphasize that there is no good or bad time, no right or wrong time to start something new. The moment we make up our mind the entire universe tries and supports our belief system and shows us the way right bhavna right that has been an incredible journey so far yeah really very incredible uh, you know there there were lots of ups and downs because uh, uh, that and you know i my journey was not something which started from an executive and then moved on it was from the initial days i was put up as a branch manager Oh. so it it was only with those management skills which were already there that i i'm actually able to stand was able to stand at the moment of time and kept improving myself to whatever i am today right uh, great bhavna i think we are up for an insightful conversation from here on Uh, so my first question to you is uh, i read your article with eat my news that quoted formal education is a prerequisite for job but not a prerequisite I'll go again. I'm sorry. Uh, I read your article with Eat My News that quoted formal education is a prerequisite for job, but not a prerequisite for success. Most companies have become flexible with the policies regarding formal education. How does this impact the processes of the HR and talent acquisition folks? Since the parameters of hiring will totally change. Uh, 
Yeah, here, you know, uh, formal education, definitely, uh, I mean, India as such, I feel that, you know, we, we are still not very open to this kind of a thing. But uh, if you see Google, uh, uh, Amazon, IBM and all have some kind of, a, you know, a hiring percentage, say 10 or 15 percent of the hiring uh, management, which uh, they allocate for such uh, people. Because here we, uh, there are, see, like, you know, there are every chances for, uh, uh, you know, they, they should be good at their management skills, but they may not be good at their uh, technical skills. So people like this can be put into some uh, managerial role. So by, you know, allocating some uh, percentage of the hiring uh, management to this part of uh, the thing will definitely help the people of those kind. And we will make sure that we don't miss out those kind of people. So, you know, it could be as small as 5% also in an organization. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on, you have been associated with jobs for her in helping women restart their career journeys. Do you think this pandemic has proven beneficial to women, especially because of the work from home situation? What would be its implications post pandemic? Yeah, sure. Actually, a lot of work from home opportunities have cropped up during the pandemic. And I feel that this is going to stay. All the more, you know, whenever we make calls to the candidates, the first thing they now ask is whether the position is work from home or work from office, or is it a hybrid? Absolutely. So, you know, pre-COVID, uh, this was not the case. I mean, anybody who call them, they, they know that is the only option is work from uh, office. But now, you know, with this kind of a demand and with the right talent uh, demanding work from home is a, definitely a welcome move. And also pre-COVID, you know, work from home had not proved beneficial or efficient. We always used to feel that, you know, if they work from home, they may not be efficient. They need to come to the office. But of late, even the employers have tried to understood this concept. You know, they are tra- the employee is actually saving too much on uh, the travel part. Right. And in, a, you know, a big cities like Chennai, Mumbai and all that, there is so much of time which goes to traffic and uh, the travel time. So this time, definitely, you know, women can use this more, uh, uh, you know, they, for the benefit of their own family. They can use this time for their family course, their children or their elders and any such thing. So this is definitely going to stay, not just for professionals, you know. In fact, uh, we have seen and we have witnessed also that, you know, there are so many other entrepreneurs also have developed during this uh, period of time. Somebody who knows how to bake. And they started doing cakes and, you know, today they have a, you know, a home-based bakery. Somebody who's good at cooking have, you know, started something in catering. So we've seen that even professionally and, uh, you know, a mix of entrepreneurial journey also has played a very, very vital role during these times. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next question, the percentage of women in senior management for India stood at 39% as against a global average of 31%. And this is surely a big win. How do you think this number could be increased even more? And what are the current roadblocks? See, the need for promoting women leadership is as important as creating an enabling environment for women to hone their leadership qualities. Despite umpteen measures to empower women and see them in leadership positions, the representation of women in such positions across the globe is not so really impressive, though there has been a considerable improvement. Statistics show that women have not reached to their fullest potential in leadership positions. The roadblock is just the mindset. 
if every organization across industry shall look at having at least a minimum of 30% of women force in the organization, that's a welcome note. There are several factors that help in promoting women leadership. Recruiting women in various leadership positions by corporate houses and companies on the premises of equal opportunity provisions is a first step to help women rise to important positions. Organizations and sectors hiring people to work for them should issue meaningful equality plans to absorb women members in proportion to men. Organizations should carry out a thorough analysis of their manpower composition and take immediate measures to maintain gender equality. Equal opportunity planning should be based on concrete goals and measures as well as the follow-up on their success. Women should not be ignored only because they are women. A recent study on women leadership on more than 3,000 professional women identified confidence building and leadership training along with the ability to network with women leaders as key elements to expanding women's leadership in the years ahead. Sharing knowledge and experience should be undertaken periodically to enable women to become fit for higher positions. Organizations should have effective career mapping as well. Yes. All right, Bhavna. Uh, I really like your take on that. That was really insightful. Moving yeah. on to the next question. Uh, as per research, the L&D industry is witnessing an annual growth of 2 to 3% in the APAC region. Do you feel the organizations in academia can work hand in hand to take the best out of this situation? Definitely, because organizations uh, come with a very practical approach and uh, the institutions come with a very theoretical approach. Uh, you know, see, I come from real estate. So if there is an intern or a trainee who we appoint and, uh, you know, who is basically a civil engineer who must have completed his civil engineering. And if I ask him, if I if I just leave him at site, you know, probably an ongoing site and ask him to go see, uh, find find what is what is happening and, you know, uh, what is the kind of progress that is happening. They are so blank about what is happening. But, you know, when it is uh, very theoretical, they know everything about it. When it comes to practical, there is a complete mismatch. So if uh, institutions and organizations could come together in giving them a good uh, exposure in their uh, uh, field of study in that industry would be really great. And I'm sure that, you know, uh, many corporates are, you know, encouraging uh, internship and traineeship. So that this uh, bonding could develop. And if there is anything the organizations could support to the institutions, we must. And if there is anything that institutions must support to the organizations, it's it's a win-win situation. And it's all about giving. Right. Yeah. Since you're talking about changing dynamics, what is your take on the upskilling revolution that is happening? Do you feel this is a good way to increase the productivity of the organization? See, upskilling refers to updating one skill set while reskilling involves learning new skills. Here we shall discuss about upskilling. Yes, this is a good way to increase the productivity of the organization. The world is moving at a fast pace and evolution has been happening moment by moment. What we are good at must have been obsolete now. But now, but there are still many hurdles to making this practice mainstream. I strongly recommend the organizations develop their own talent rather than hiring ready resources when they need. This serves also as a retention strategy as we show them the roadmap for growth and upskill them to equip them with skills required for reaching to the next level of growth options. Some old school companies believe that if they upskill their employees, there is a chance that they will leave. 
and this is a very very common uh, uh, you know notion that most of the companies have mm-hmm. so why would they spend money equipping people with skills but i strongly feel that the only thing worse than upskilling someone and them leaving is having them stay in the company and be irrelevant and even if they leave we have still done good for them the skill that they achieved that they learned could not be lost or stolen they will surely apply those skills to wherever they go or wherever they are however it is ultimately the responsibility of each individual to ensure that their skills remain relevant and employable if you don't invest in yourself then nobody can help you at lifestyle we are soon to introduce a professional development policy where oh, the wow. company encourages upskilling by sponsoring a part of the fees be it academics or professional courses related to the function they are in not just this you know we also conduct something called experiential learning sessions every month to upskill our talent force in these sessions we invite leaders professionals entrepreneurs to tell us about their growth story and what challenges they have faced and what are the learnings that they have taken from their mistakes so all this you know put together is definitely going to help us finally if we have our employees upskilled this add values to the brand of the organization making the organization and the employee proud of each other absolutely i really like the take that your company is taking on thank you so much and i think with this we have come to the end of the conversation thank you so much pavna for sharing your insights with our listeners thank you thank you so much for having me here